Hey there, team. Welcome to another week of Going Beyond the Walls with Team World Vision. I'm LDR, and I am so excited to welcome the one, the only, Don Lee to the podcast this week. We are actually going to co-host this episode together, bringing you all along in a high-level, deep dive of how World Vision works. I know, high-level, deep dive. Does that actually work? Can that even happen? But I am telling you, it can and it will because this conversation does just that. Now, even though Don and I have been around this ministry for quite some time, even traveling to see the actual work happening on the ground, we are constantly in need of taking a moment and refreshing ourselves on the beautiful intricacies and complexities of what it is we're moving our feet for. Former president of World Vision US, Rich Stearns, once said, solving poverty is rocket science. And I think that we can all agree that that couldn't be more true. There is so much to know and understand about what we've been invited into and what we've actually said yes to. So with that, please enjoy and take in this incredible conversation as it is a crash course in just how it is World Vision works. Don Lee, welcome Beyond the Walls with Team World Vision. Thanks for having me. Looking forward yeah. to this. Oh man, it's an exciting day when I get to co-host with Don Lee. And notice I said I get to co-host with you. Well, today we're going to dig in. Um, I think we called it a high level deep dive, if that's possible, about World Vision's work, World Vision 101. Um, and I can't think of a better person to really dig into this field work after we've been to the field so many times together. Absolutely. Absolutely. My first vision trip actually was with you, Lindsay. You led the trip and I was a newly, a new staff person, bright eyed, bushy tailed and everything I learned about a world vision trip. I, I initially learned from you and it was, just, I would say it's one of the most impressionable trips on me. So I'm just got to see world visions work at all levels and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to do this. Yeah. And what's, what's fun about that as well, I might've led the first trip that you were on. I think now maybe you've seen World Visions work in more countries than I have. Uh, how many countries have you been to? How many trips and countries? See, um, with, to see World Visions work, I've been to India, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Kenya, Ethiopia. I love visiting the different countries just to see culturally what's different. But when it comes to the work, it's always consistently excellent. It's just, it just blows your mind. It just wrecks your heart every time. Oh, I've also been to Ecuador as well. That's right, Ecuador as well. So I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute, there's a Latin American country in there that, or Central American country that you've been to that, yeah. And that, I remember when you came back from the field, it was really a really fun interaction because you did come back with that same joy and passion and excitement. You said, Lindsay, Different region, different part of the world, same work. Um, we had seen the work in different countries in the African continent. And just again, like you said, you go from one community to another community to see the work it is just awe-inspiring. But then to see it in different countries and then different regions and different cultures and to see how that tr transcends culture and geographical location is, is really, really powerful. Yeah, in Ecuador, I was there, I mean, for a hot second, we were there for a chosen event, and you're only there for so many days, and yet, I would say, spiritually speaking, that was one of the most powerful moments just to see 
the staff, uh, to see the people of Ecuador, to see that whole mm. choosing party take place. You could just feel God smiling on that moment. And uh, I walked mm. away like, wow. Like, I don't, I, I just, you just know God's presence is here and he's smiling. He's saying, this is how it's supposed to be done. Well, do you want to dive in and tell our folks just a little bit about the background um, of World Vision, and then we can really just start diving into to the work that we get to be a part of? Sure, absolutely. Well, for the past 70 years, we've been partnering with people like you, our listeners and, and fellow teammates, to help children and communities break free from extreme poverty. In that time, World Vision has worked hard to focus on the needs of the most vulnerable mm -hmm. kids and communities all around the globe. Mm -hmm. And with that, we believe that, that when you have children that are healthy, with access to clean water and good nutrition, as well as having the ability to go to school, the community can thrive and grow, creating an environment where children can transform into the leaders of future generations. Mm -hmm. We're constantly, constantly measuring for children who are healthy, educated, experiencing the love of God and their neighbors, protected and participating in the community, but we're also Christ-centered. Uh, you got to hear me on that. We're Christ-centered. Our, mm -hmm. faith, our faith motivates our work on behalf of the poor in promoting human transformation. So I think, you know, uh, I really I had an incredible opportunity to study at Fuller underneath Bryant Myers in the School of Intercultural Studies and have a concentration in international development. And when you look at all of the different models and ways to address global poverty. You know, you can address it from the top and you can throw money at it, or you can address it from the bottom and mobilize people with grassroots movements. It, it's been incredible to see how World Vision takes both approaches and really holistically honors people from all sides and gives people agency and ownership in their own lives, in their own communities, which only makes sense, but it's actually really missing in a lot of a lot of different development approaches right one of the things that i loved seeing when, it, when we just i just mentioned talked about school and education mm -hmm. like it, first off kids want to go to school like i don't know in the states there's always a different person maybe right now during this pandemic kids want to go back in person in school um, it's kind of like that it's very yeah. much like yeah. that actually <laughs> But they don't just attend, they thrive, they excel. Our World Vision kids that, that, that are there, they, they are just leading the pack. And I just love that they, they work, they're seeing a better future. Whereas before, the future that was set before them was pretty much what their, the generations before them did. And in some areas it's farming and there's nothing wrong with farming. Mm -hmm. uh, so hear me on that. But, but the amazing thing is they wanna be better farmers. They wanna mm -hmm. want make sure that they're farming at maximum efficiency and capacity and and that hunger for better and and to be more uh more creative in in their process it's just you just didn't see that before and it's so cool to see now i would hate for us to move on without talking about world vision being christ-centered one thing that's really important about knowing that you know world vision is christ-centered one our logo has the a cross in it for those that don't haven't looked at our logo in in detail one of the things that's really clear that world vision the way we work in the field is we never proselytize Mm -hmm. uh, meaning that we never have conditions on the work that we do. So I, I, you see that, like we're there to help. We're there to demonstrate God's love, his unconditional love. And never is there a requirement, well, you have to attend church before we put in a well. You have to join the small group Bible study before we 
you know, fix up the school. That's never the case. And, and uh, sure enough, people, I love it because people ask me like, why are you helping us then? Like, what's the catch here? And it's just love. And, and we want to help. That's, I think that, that question of why is what gets people to think like, what is driving you? You know, like what's the motivation here? And it's, and we know it's Christ. It's, it's, it's God's love. And I just love that. Yeah. And that actually makes me think too, right after, well, a few years into me being on staff, I was up in Seattle and um, during one of the chapels was commem- commemorating the Rwandan genocide. And um, World Vision was actually absolutely crucial in the reconciliation work and the development work happening after the genocide in Rwanda. And the actual president of Rwanda actually said that all of the success on the other side of the genocide, all of the reconciliation that's come, you know, because neighbors were literally killing neighbors, was to great thanks to World Vision because of what you're saying, because we're actually a Christian humanitarian organization. And a lot of, again, organizations are incredible organizations doing incredible work, but they won't touch spirituality or faith or religion with a 10-foot pole. And they said, like, literally that this work could only be done by actually speaking into the souls and the spirits of the humans that needed, you know, that reconciliation, that love, and that those broken, those broken relationships need to be mended. So that's the work that's done on that deep level that can't be overlooked. Right. And, and we can't also ignore the fact that, and some people have a problem with this, is that in the field, World Vision uh, sometimes has to hire non-Christians. You know, out of our 40,000, you know, staff across the world, 13%, of non-management staff are non-Christians. And because of everything you just shared and, and the fact that we're just there to demonstrate God's love externally and internally, you have thousands of Muslim and Hindu and Buddhist staff coming to faith in Christ simply by being employed through us, with us. It's, it's amazing how Christ-centered everything that we do is. What's also interesting about our work, Don, is that we're community empowering. People have different approaches as to how to solve the problem of poverty, and World Vision is community empowering. We long for communities to be sustainable, and sustainability for us means that communities we serve gradually overcome their own challenges because they have the resources, they own the process, and feel responsible for their own outcome. But here's the thing, when a lot of folks think about edge of poverty, they have preconceived notions of what that word means. I know that I did, right? Like, what do we actually think poverty is? Well, before we can solve the problem, we actually have to define the word or figure out where we all stand, right? Before we can get to the answer or the destination. So um, some might think that some people have more money and land and resources while other people just don't. They don't have those resources, so they're impoverished. But no matter how you spin it or you think about it, one thing is certain, poverty is just, it's complicated, right? I think, was it Rich Stearns that said it's actually rocket science? Yep. Yeah, actually rocket science. I mean, again, this is the Christian roots, right, of who we are as we see poverty a little bit differently. And we truly believe that the root of all poverty, no matter how you spin it, comes down to broken relationships. Broken relationships with God, broken relationships with our neighbors, ourselves, broken relationships with the earth. This is straight out of Genesis, right? Like with the fall, we see these broken relationships. And this is, this is what we see it manifested in what we would call poverty. And the goal for us then 
is to work to mend these broken relationships, to actually recognize the broken relationship and then work to restore those situations around those broken relationships. So when we do this, we are simultaneously assisting in the human connectivity, the community transformation in three critical ways, which I think is really, really powerful and important because we usually just do poverty. Like we said, it's just all physical stuff. But when World Vision's working, it's about social, physical, and spiritual transformation. Like we could do a podcast session on each of those areas of transformation, right? Social, physical, <laughs> spiritual. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's crazy, the holistic, not only just the holistic approach, but the fact that we do it at such an excellent level. Um, I remember, come, now I've, I've served in, in inner city urban missions and ministries before in the mm-hmm. past, and and I, I've gone on mission trips prior to World Vision, and I, regardless of where you go, like that term "serving the poor," it, what you find out—at least what I find out often—is one. My definition of what poor is is just off, uh, mm-hmm. because oftentimes I go in with the mindset, "Oh, I'm gonna put on this VBS, and or I'm gonna do this and build a well or whatever." And oftentimes I walk away like, "Wow, I am the poor one," and and they are rich in a lot of ways. I always have always end up on my knees just asking God what exactly like how can we help? How can they help me just as much as I can help them? It's just crazy the transformation the transformation is not just one way in this work mm-hmm. which is what I love uh it's just very convicting. Yeah. Yeah, another um really stand out quote that I've heard over the years and it was actually from a World Vision employee who was presenting in front of the UN at one point said that World Vision is uniquely positioned to put the hand of the at-risk rich in the at-risk poor so that both can be transformed. Mm. And when you, yeah, we were talking about that holistic transformation of what poverty looks like, um, that God has more in store for both of us in that greater shalom, right? We, we say theologically that there's a balance or a peace to be restored. And we know that the Bible is a story that continues to unfold today. And it's that's God using us, his people, to reconcile all things, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, we, and I think we have seen this. I think of the savings groups that we've seen, literally uh, water projects, right? That people are giving away their land you know, so that this water project can be there. Just the level of ownership and transformation that the community is coming together with a vision and with solutions. And then World Vision's coming alongside of them just to help facilitate. In order for the work that World Vision does to be transformational and sustainable for generations, we're usually coming alongside a community for anywhere between 15 and 20 years. And no matter where we've been been working, Lindsay, you know, we we always start with the same first step, which is building trust. The staff is, is near, they're on the ground, they're highly engaged in the inner workings of that specific community. And it's so beautiful to see. I mean, this includes like learning and paying attention to the indigenous leadership structures, the role that roles that women and children play, geographic boundaries, cultural values, with a sharp lookout for embedded community assets. I mean, this process of trust, it's mm-hmm. it, it's so critical. It's so important. 
Um, one of the reasons that this works so well is because of the insight of indigenous World Vision staff, locals to the very regions in which they work. Actually, 99% of our staff yeah. are indigenous to that country. We know that the scriptures declare that we should be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. So we began a partnership with communities by just doing a lot and a lot of listening and sitting long enough to hear a community's heartbeat. And it's so cool. Yeah, I love that there isn't anything prescriptive happening. And like you said, it's like one year, two years, three years of listening and understanding. And I think you've probably seen in a lot of our runners, if you're moving your feet right now and you've ever heard a Johnny Huddle development talk, you've seen the eight big questions that World Vision always asks, right? Always asks as they're entering into partnership, right? Like you're saying, building trust with the community. And these eight questions are no joke, guys. So like, if you're like, eh, whatever, no, no, no. It literally, these questions are coming in and saying, who, who are you? Who are we? Like, what do you have? What do we have? Who's going to do what? You know, it, it, we go all the way through these eight, but the eighth question is how are we going to transition? Because that's the beautiful thing, right? Is that these communities, again, are, they belong to the community. And with what you were saying too, the fact that, World Vision staff is indigenous to the country or to the larger geographical region. A lot of the staff can actually are from that community. So there isn't that insider outsider mentality. There's a whole holistic from the grassroots up. How do we, we move forward together and how do we cast vision? But then also because World Vision is so big and they, they hit things from a national level too, then we can get that funding and the extra necessary needs, right? Structural support to help from both directions. Right. I think I would have, just personally, I would have a problem with just one to three years of just listening because that's a long time to just be <laughs> sitting there and like going to town hall meetings and, and just listen. I'd be itching to do something. And, and I know so oftentimes if there's an immediate need in a village we'll, we'll be able to, that we can help with, we, we will help. Um, but oftentimes there's hesitancy because other organizations have tried to help and mess things up. Mm -hmm. or just that trust has been betrayed, um, that just takes, it's, it's a long obedience in the same direction, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's perseverance mm -hmm. and, and really understanding it goes, goes back to the why. Why are we doing this? Yeah, and watching how our field staff so brilliantly and humbly honor the people that we work with. It, it is, it's been humbling to me, convicting to me. And like you said, just the people's ability to ask questions and listen with intention. Our World Vision staff around the world operate with such high integrity and deep spiritual maturity. Like they are praying before they go into every situation. They're listening with the spiritual ears as well as intellectual ones. You know, like I would say that if anything, you know, when you're talking about transformation, man, I just think if I were to position myself and listen as well as our colleagues in the field, like how would that change my marriage? How yeah. would that change my family? How would that change my relationships? On my trip to World Vision um, in India, stopping by one of the field offices, I remember just, it was actually my first encounter with someone in the field and he actually, we got to chaperone him. Or, or actually he kind of babysat us, but he took us on what he does every day. And he went into this village to get kids registered to be sponsored. And so mm -hmm. he was just explaining like this, again, this, in, the, in the spirit of building trust, it takes a while. He, he's had to go to this one area several times. Uh, matter of fact, this one time they thought that he was like a cultist or whatever. And 
a group of men came out with, a mach with machetes in hand, and basically were chasing him, and he got on his bike and, and just rode off because, you know, for safety's sake. Yeah. And um, we're like, wow, that's incredible. So did you go back? He's like, I went back the next day because these kids and all the work that we do, it's worth it, right? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And I, it's so convicting that they literally pour their lives out for these communities Monday through, you know, Sunday through Saturday, Monday through Friday. Like, it's just, it's, it's incredible the level of commitment our staff have. Yeah. Well, and when you're talking about building trust, right, that does take time. And for someone to just keep showing up, I mean, that takes time, but that builds trust. And I think particularly too, like you're saying, when you're defending the vulnerable and, and if you have been abused or neglected or put aside, cast aside time after time after time after time, why would you trust someone that's saying they're here to help you? I just, again, hats off to the work that's being done. Just, and that's just the beginning, right? But if they don't get, if we, if we don't have that trust from the beginning, really do you have anything? You know, if you put in a well, what's going to come of it if there's no trust? Um, who knows, right? On, on our first trip, Lindsay, when uh, to Ethiopia, I remember when we visited that one ADP that was phasing out there towards the end, and the staff was saying, "Yeah, they don't really need us anymore in terms of help." But they, but what they, the feedback that they heard from the community is that they're going to miss us. That to me, it spoke volumes on. Again, it goes back to that building trust. Those first, two, you know one to three years of building those relationships and making sure that we're there for, for good and not to harm and not to be prescriptive and think that we, we got all the answers because uh, really the answers are already there in that community. That's actually a good transition when we're looking at the overall development because once a significant time has been spent really building that trust and listening and witnessing firsthand to the unique needs of that specific community, like you're saying, the leaders in this community work right alongside with World Vision. And I maybe should say along, like World Vision works alongside of them, right? Yeah. To develop a plan of action that will address the actual root causes of their challenges to bring about the fullness of life for children and communities in need. And we really do look through the lens of children and women because they are the most vulnerable. So you start with the weakest and build strength, then you have that sustainability over time. But once that plan is drafted, then World Vision helps the community put it into action. So the, again, the community is helping, World Vision is helping, and we work with existing leaders. So like you're saying, I mean, whether it's women who are in power within their, um, their, their groups of women, or if it's actually like governmental leaders and others, um, we work with existing leaders and empower new ones to bring the community together to actually address these needs that they, this is the best too, that they have identified. These are needs that they've identified. So if something in the action plan doesn't work or it isn't just, is it's not quite right, um, holistically, we go back. So when I say we, World Vision and the community, go back and change or revise that plan with the leaders together. And it doesn't just stop there. We don't just help the community get the needs that they need or the, the things that they need, like healthcare, education, clean water, food, economic opportunity. We also then train these men and women and children, even a man. Can you just all the stories we have about kids being empowered and trained 
um, in their communities is amazing, which we've got to get into. But um, staying, staying in this moment just for a minute, we actually empower people and train them how to best care for and grow these new resources so that they will continue to have them for years to come. Again, the name of the game is sustainability. So where the community has grown healthier, safer, and more sustaining, then we can transition out like we've talked about and move on to that next community in need. And by now, the community really is a better place for children. Mm -hmm. They can grow and live happily and with more fullness of life and potential. Um, and they are actually equipped to handle emergencies too, which is am amazing to me, right? Real sustainability. Um, and then they help other neighbors in need as well. Um, I think we've seen so many um, savings groups mm -hmm. and even children's savings groups that are taking their savings and then empowering others or identifying needs and then they're sharing what they have so that those folks will be okay too. Mm -hmm. And what's really awesome as well is, what, I mean, just anything in life, when, when great things happen, word gets out fast. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I believe it was either our first or second trip in Ethiopia, Lindsay, where we saw that pump, that water pump that, that they invested in and it was it's such it was so clever. It's not like we're it's not like World Vision's there to 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 get water pumps for every family. What they did was they they did kind of a microfinance deal with one farmer and and to show to the rest of the community that this is gonna work. Because if that farmland is 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 plentiful, then everyone's gonna want a water pump of their own too. And I just that's so smart. I was just like, that's so brilliant because my mind would be like, well, let's try to raise funds to get everyone a water pump. And the guy was just like, no, no, that's not how we do things here. If, if, if it's good and if it lasts, they're going to want it. They'll find the means to get it. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll cooperate, they'll collaborate, they'll figure out how to get these pumps. And uh, um, you see that everywhere, not just with water pumps, but you see that with even just clean water. I remember in, in my last trip uh, to the field to Bartavo, Kenya, where we had visited one area that had clean water and not too far away didn't like world vision just started working there and all the speeches that everyone in that city gave were all about we can't wait we can't wait we see we hear what's going on over there we can't wait for what for that to happen right here in our neighborhood yeah i think too like you're saying that empowerment in transition over it's amazing to me how much the software type of training the we rewiring in someone's own heart and mind is so necessary for these things to work right? That World Vision very intentionally is thinking about helping people along this trajectory of transformation. And like you're saying, even with kids in development, like I think about my own life, when my parents walked alongside of me, but I had ownership in the process, then I appreciated things more. I take care of things. Then I, it is a sustainable transformation versus like you're saying, well, just everybody gets one or we're going to give these handouts. No, they're very much hand ups, right? Yeah. When you think about the education, the intentionality, the, the, the time it takes, we can't, we can't downplay the education portion because a lot of what our work does, yes, we do a lot of building of wells and whatnot and work on savings groups. Everything that we do, there's an educational component to make sure that it's sustainable um, because mm -hmm. if you just put that well in without teaching them how to maintain that well, well, it's not going to last another generation or maybe not even um, next five years or so. Who knows? But um, when I think about like, like serious stuff, like genitalia uh, mutilation that's taken place or fistula surgery, all that stuff that had bad stigma from, you know, generations of misinformation, 
all of a sudden, I mean, that stuff doesn't get reversed with an hour long seminar. It, it, it takes years and it takes, it takes intentional education to make sure that the opposite is true, that, that, that they don't have to suffer through these things. And uh, I just love that that's, what, that's part of our work. Like, yeah, we do have the hard things, which is like tangible stuff like building walls, but it's also educating communities into a different uh, uh, perspective on the world and especially the world around them. Yeah. And again, you were saying, you know, that World Vision folks, you know, are, are welcome. Like kids run alongside of the World Vision cars when you're coming into the field because they're so excited to see them. And we really, that beacon is a sign of hope and light and new life. But also simultaneously, you know, we've heard stories of child parliaments, right? Also in Ethiopia. I mean, some of the most powerful work I've heard are these teenage kids who are representing the needs of the community and of children. Oh, yeah. And these kids are going door to door, right? Do you remember this, Don? Trying oh, yeah. to get kids back into school um, and identify why they're not in school and what's going on. There were kids that actually advocated to overturn child marriages because girls were missing in school. So those kids went to that home and then literally got their friends out of early childhood marriage and back into school. That is crazy. I remember, I'll, I'll never forget the president of that child parliament at that time that uh, I remember us saying, well, there's, she's going to be in politics. She's going to be the next president of something uh, mm -hmm. because there's such an authority there. I love that, like, when there's a need, this, again, this is all part of the education, but when, there, when there's a need, let's say a kid needs a uniform, they don't go to World Vision knocking on the door and say, hey, this kid needs a uniform. They, they come together and say, okay. Let's figure this out. We know how to figure this out. How are we going to raise the funds to get this child a uniform? And they figure it out and do it. And uh, it's just so impressive. Like I often think about how much we limit ourselves by thinking that if we throw a bunch of resources at it, it's going to solve itself, which is just not the case. Oftentimes, it's just opening the eyes of a community, opening our own eyes of what's around us and, and coming up with a creative solution. Yeah. Oh, and I think... Two, again, that goes back to our Christian identity and the core of who we are, right, is that from a Christian faith, we believe that we are created in the image of God and we are created powerful and that we are created with something to offer. That, it, you know, that each and every one of us has a unique gift to share with the world. So when you're just throwing money at something, that's not empowering anyone. You know, and also, again, we, you know, as, a, as Christians, we believe in a triune God, a communal God so that we're actually created in a way that we are interdependent and intertwined. We need one another, but we also thrive together, right? And those are the things that I think are, I guess, just intangible truths of what World Vision does. And it's, it's again, hard work that I think we've witnessed that convicts me and challenges me every day of, are we doing this in our own culture? Are we doing this in our own communities, in our own families, you know, in, in my own marriage? <laughs> um, One of, uh, in terms of reporting, like, does this work? Does World Vision's model work? Well, I mean, in the midst of a pandemic, we, we work in these areas that we call area development programs or area programs. In 2020, in the midst of the pandemic, still 10 communities graduated out of World Vision's assistance. They didn't, I mean, 10, that's amazing. And the year prior to that, it was 13. And year prior to that, I believe it was around 2022, uh, mm -hmm. graduating out. And so um, 
it goes back to our model as well of we're not there forever. We're not meant to be there forever. Um, our, our, I mean, that's just not true, true transformation if the community is dependent solely on world vision for all guidance. Um, if anything, it, we're, we're striving towards a self-sufficiency, but a God reliance. You and I have seen that time and time again. Now, it's, it's an encouraging thing to know that what we're working towards is solvable. These issues do have solutions and that we get to be a part of it, but then ultimately we're empowering others to be a part of the solution and that that's, that's really God's work. Thanks for joining us this week, friends. We are so thankful that you've been tuning in and listening to us each week. And we hope that today's deep dive gave you a deeper understanding of how our ministry actually functions and helps empower communities as we come alongside our brothers and sisters around the world. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. See you next week.